It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Auburn's performance on Saturday showed a lot of things. The most important, Auburn can win football games with Peyton Thorne. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining us as he does every single Monday, uh, Lindsey Crosby of AuburnDaily.com, as well as Locked On MLB Prospects, Braves Today, a million different things. Lindsey, I, I think when you look back, at Auburn's victory over Sanford to improve to 3-0 and on the season, that big 45-13 to win, it's hard not to re-watch that and be impressed. Uh, to not be, uh, I'm sorry, bleh. It's hard to watch that and not be impressed with some of the throws that Peyton Thorne made. And that's kind of been the, the narrative around Peyton Thorne is, okay, so far this season, the throws look great. It's the decision-making. And really, with the exception of one play, there's not a whole lot you can pick at when you look at what Peyton Thorne's performance was this past Saturday. Yeah, the the one interception that I that Hugh Free singled out as being an issue was the the pass into double coverage in the end zone, the long deep pass, and that was something you had a guy loose underneath that would give you a first down. Uh, right. the, the the first interception in the end zone was the correct. I, I think the correct read on the play, if you're going to throw into the end zone, he picked the right player to throw it to. It hit him in the helmet and he didn't catch it. Like that's at a certain point, you can only do so much. Risky throw, but a lot of those throws in that situation where you're running in the red zone is tight window, but he nailed the tight window. It's just the receiver wasn't ready. I believe it was hooks. And so uh, the fact that Hugh Freeze kind of went out of his way to make the comment of like, well, it hit our guy in the shoulder pad. So that kind of tells me, okay, he's not concerned about that. From the Peyton Thorne point of view, I'm sure he wishes the receiver would have caught it or at least batted it down or something. But from the Peyton Thorne perspective, I bet he, um, I bet he feels fine about it. Yeah, and and to me, this was one of the like this was where you answered the question finally about what can this offense look like when Peyton Thorne is comfortable and is making, like you said, the right decisions yeah. uh, and getting the ball out accurately and on time. Uh, and it's. That's the goal in year one early in the season, right? Like, even if you don't win at Texas A&M this weekend, the goal is to get noticeably better, is to improve your mistakes, and to learn more about your football team. And we learned after game three, the thing we didn't see in games one and two, that Peyton Thorne, when he is comfortable in the offense and can get into a groove, he can make the right decision over and over and over again. And he combines that with the ball placement uh, and you know the the power and the accuracy to actually turn that into production. That's what yeah. we answered. That's the question we answered. And so now the question going forward is not can Peyton Thorne do it. The question is now does this work against a Power Five defense against an SEC defense? And that's a different and maybe you know that's a different question than can you do it at all. And that was the, can you do it at all was the question we had after games one and two. Yeah, and it's not like Texas A&M's defense is elite. I think their front seven's decent, but they're allowing like 298 yards per game, I believe is what it was when I was looking at the stats earlier today. 
which isn't good. I mean, I, I don't believe that's top half of the SEC. But all offseason, all summer, there were kind of two schools of thought. There were two kind of bracketed parts of the season to begin the season. Some people said, okay, if Auburn go 3-0, and take care of business against Cal, take care of business against the cupcake teams, then you go into Texas A&M, and hey, you've got a shot. And then other folks said, okay, well, it's all about the first four games, which is kind of more of the camp that I'm in, if I'm going to be honest. But as far as what Auburn has done up to this point, is I think they've shown the ability as a coaching staff and as a program and as a roster, as far as you know, willing to improve and put in the work to get better, I think they have gotten better. And I think the team that is going to go to College Station this weekend is a significantly better team, despite the roster being the same and the coaching staff being the same. I think they have gelled more together and are a better team going to College Station than they were uh, the team that went to Cal. I, I think that close, narrow win against Cal did something for this team. They're, it fired up this team. And I think the performance Saturday night, and sure, it was Sanford, not a very good team. But I just think when you look at not necessarily the score, but the reps and the execution, I'm really pleased with where this team is. And I think they've got a good shot against Texas A&M on Saturday. And a lot of that has to do with Peyton Thorpe. Yeah, and... and- to me, it was something where he showed that every aspect of the offense, whether it's keeping the ball on a run-pass option, whether it's getting the ball out on a run-pass option, or for the most part, doing a t- traditional drop-back you know, progression and passing, for the most part, he was able to make the, the, the right move. Now, he admitted after the game, there were a couple times where he had predetermined where the ball was going before the snap, and I think that's kind of the second level of Comfort in the offense is being more comfortable to know what your guys are going to do if that first option's taken away. But I was pleasantly surprised with how comfortable Peyton Thorne looked when you compare it to how comfortable he was not against yeah. Cal. And I, I, I kind of have to wonder, was the quarterback rotation or lack thereof part of that? Possibly. And I mean, Hugh Freeze talked about it after the game. They were intentionally not rotating quarterbacks. They said it's going to change from game to game. So will we see more Robbie against Texas A&M? My gut kind of says yes, Lindsay, but we'll certainly see. We'll certainly see what that quarterback rotation looks like. You said something that a lot of Auburn fans are bringing up throughout, you know, I guess ever since the Sanford game is that Peyton Thorne wants to lock onto his primary target and kind of follow him throughout his you know, route progression. And this isn't going to be a fun conversation, but like most college quarterbacks do that. Yeah. And as soon as Peyton Thorne announced that he was transferring to Auburn, the talk was cool. Peyton Thorne's probably going to be here for two seasons. There's not a whole lot of NFL buzz around Peyton Thorne. There's not. And even Auburn fans that were kind of saying, hey, Peyton Thorne could be good. There's a reason why there's not a lot of NFL buzz. That does not mean he's not a, I, I think Peyton Thorne's going to be a good quarterback. I think he's going to take a step forward every few weeks. While he's under Hugh Freeze, and I think he's probably going to come back next season and be even better. And I think Auburn is going to be projected to finish top half in the SEC preseason for the first time in a while because of Peyton Thorne. But let's just call a spade a spade here. A big part of being an offensive coach at the college football level is to scheme things up so the first read is open. Mm-hmm. And I, that's just that's just the way most college quarterbacks are. And of course, they're going to teach the progression. I think that's why the innovation of the RPO has become so big. 
not only because it kind of uh, puts you in a situation to succeed, but also I just think it's an easier decision than to progress through a few different receivers on a standard pass. So there's going to be some people that rubs the wrong way, but I think as far as Peyton Thorne within the Hugh Freeze, Philip Montgomery style offense, I think it's okay. I don't think he needs to read four wide receivers on every single passing play. Yeah, the the kind of progression that that should take is going to be on an RPO. Obviously, like you said, you have one predetermined choice to make based on what one player does. And then from there, you kind of graduate into a half the field read where, you know, you call two different concepts on two different sides of the field, depending on how the defense lines up before the snap, you decide left side, right side, whatever it may be. And then you're choosing from those two options over there. And, and then to eventually get to that full field, you know, field general kind of reading thing that you see in the NFL a lot. And yeah. if, if Peyton Thorne is like declares for the draft this year, that means that he went through all of those steps in the program a lot faster than we would expect. And I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen. People don't take that as gospel, but I think that, and, and if you think about it, the timeline works out well for Auburn if Peyton Thorne is here for two seasons because after you know you get a year to, let's say, Walker White can sit on the bench, Holden Garner can get another year of action, and then you can turn around and you have a quarterback battle between those two guys. Best case uh, scenario. Yeah. Best case scenario. And so like it's, it's not a bad thing, and him admitting it is a level of transparency that we've seen from this team that I honestly love. Like yeah. Hugh Freeze has done this, talking about like just being overt and saying, yeah, like we didn't execute this right, or that was a bad play call. Peyton Thorne saying, yeah, I did that, and it's probably not the right thing to do. We should be lucky that we know that that's how he's thinking, because yeah. that's just not something that happens in a lot of places. Yeah, and I just want to clarify one more time. A lot of college quarterbacks win a lot of games that aren't able to go consistently four reads deep in their pass progression. That's just just the game. It's hard yeah. to do. There's there's a reason there's only like, there's a billions of people in the world and there's not 32 quarterbacks in the NFL that can do it. Like There's a reason. It's very, very hard to do. Just can't stress that enough. All right, I want to talk about does what happens Saturday change our expectations throughout the season? We'll also talk about Jalen Simpson, his incredible start to the year. And boy, does Auburn need the offensive line to get healthy all that coming up right here unlocked on auburn today's show is brought to you by our friends at better help look mental health uh the more research we're doing on all this the more folks realize how important your mental health is whether it's you know a, a job situation that you're not happy with or a relationship or maybe it's just all within yourself and you just kind of need somebody to talk to uh, you got to check out our friends at better help. If you've ever considered starting therapy or maybe you did it and you didn't like, you know, the current situation or whatever, you got to give better help a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get a break from your thoughts with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on college today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on college. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Auburn Metastetic. 
guys, we've all been there, right? It's the day of an anniversary or a birthday or, or some kind of event that you're celebrating with or for your significant other. And you're like, oh, no, I haven't gotten anything. Well, you need to head over to our friends at auburnmedesthetic.com and get a gift card. It's very easy to buy a gift card at auburnmedesthetic.com. They've got uh, services for Botox, facial, laser treatment. Uh, whatever it is, it's going to help your wife, girlfriend, significant other feel amazing no matter what. And look, you're going to love the folks at Auburn Metastetic. Dr. Nancy Herring and uh, also her master esthetician, Circe Kelly. They've got over 15 years of experience in the med spa industry. They're going to make you feel loved and comfortable and, and all of that. So head over to auburnmetastetic.com. Get to Auburn Metastetics. It's the full service med spa serving the Auburn, Opelika, and Lee County community. Gift card purchases are easy. AuburnMetastetics.com or just stop by and see them on East Glen Avenue across from Chappies. All right. On today's Locked on Auburn, Lindsey Crosby hanging out with us. So going into the year, I said seven and five. I said this last week coming out of the Cal game. I thought Auburn was seven, a seven and five team going into Cal. And despite the narrow victory, I'm like, okay, this is still a seven and five team going into Sanford. Thought seven and five, leaving Sanford. I still think seven and five, but I do think the floor, I think the ceiling is more obtainable now than it was going into the weekend because the rest of the conference. I don't think it really has to do a whole lot with Auburn, but man, like Arkansas looks super vulnerable. And that was kind of a toss up game from a lot of people because you have to go to Fayetteville. Obviously, going to Vandy is something. Hosting Mississippi State, they looked putrid on offense. And so, like, all of a sudden, you know, Auburn's already at three wins. I think Auburn beats those three teams. I said that before the season started. And then I also just think Ole Miss at home is winnable. I certainly think LSU on the road is more winnable now than I did going into the season. And so I still think expectations for this Auburn team should be 7-5 to five or possibly better, Lindsay depending on how this offense and this defense continue to take step forwards in the right direction. Yeah, it, it's it's been a while since we've felt energized like this this defense had playmakers and could hang at the at the power 5 level at the SEC level. Uh again, similar situation to the offense. You've answered some questions every week. You've gotten some things better. There's a couple things that you don't necessarily love. I don't really know where the Jacks went on Saturday. Yeah, kind of feels like uh, you're playing an air raid team. You should probably have more than two sacks. Uh, but f- for the most part, you saw Auburn better able to, you know, to get their run fits. Eugene Asante continued to kind of fly around a lot. And it feels like it's more of a matter of health than anything else right now. Yeah. And those two sacks weren't from the Jack linebacker position. One was no. Lawrence Johnson, a defensive lineman. And one was Cam Riley, you know, just a traditional stand-up linebacker. So we'll uh, we'll see what that looks like. But you also got to think, okay, they, it didn't seem like they did a whole lot defensively. They didn't need to, but it is a concern that if Auburn only sends four, you're not going to get a ton of pressure. Sanford throws it fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to see that as much against Texas A&M on Saturday or other teams throughout the SEC. Um, but I, I just think when you look at other SEC offenses – it just seems like their offensive line is crumbling way more than Auburn's is. And it's not like they're playing great teams. I mean, watching Alabama against South Florida, you're telling me Auburn's defensive line isn't significantly better than South Florida's? 
You're telling me Auburn's defensive line is not way better than BYU's against Arkansas? So I just think when it comes down to it in conference play, I think Auburn's going to be okay when it comes to rushing the passer. I actually feel better about that aspect of Auburn's roster, way better now than I did going into the season and during fall camp. Yeah, and that's something similar to that offensive conversation about scheming guys open. That's something where Ron Roberts can have an actual impact scheming open pressure. I can't count how many times, especially during the Cal game, it felt like, where Auburn just had a dude come free that just was not accounted for in the protection at all. Mm-hmm. And and so that's a, a scenario. It's not exactly ana- analogous to the whole Peyton Thorne, you know, having a predetermined read thing but something where your coaching can kind of mitigate it somewhat, can kind of can get pressure, get a guy on the quarterback, may not always be a jack, probably won't be a jack most of the time, but can be a guy to get pressure on there. Um, it's just, at this point, I'm starting to wonder who's going to play in the defensive backfield. Jalen Simpson is kind of moved over to safety, and right. that's it's it's something where you're you're running a little bit low, it feels like on bodies back there, which is not a position we expected to be in when you and I talked about how much, how deep, they were in the defensive back room, how many options and quality options they had back there. And some of the conversation was, how do you find playtime for everybody? And now we're in the boat of, well, I don't really know, you know, like we're missing multiple guys for yeah. Samford. Are they going to come back for Texas A&M? Boy, you know, if Auburn doesn't flip K and Lee, what does his defensive backfield look like? Like, seriously. Um, Nehemiah Pritchett missing so much time. It's weird, dude. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like he's been a game time decision. He went out two weeks in a row. Um, he was out there for warmups and then, yeah, he's been practicing in full pads for like two or three weeks. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. You know, maybe they were trying to be cautious cause it's Sanford and, but it's like, do you want his first time back for the you know, season debut to be in college station? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't love that, but surely they know more about the situation than we do. And so that's going to be, interesting but like dude i love the dudes that are back there though i mean jalen simpson him shifting i mean that's why he had to go from corner to safety last year because they just ran out of dudes and boy was that a blessing and that may have changed his life i may make him several million more dollars in his lifetime because there's going to be teams that certainly want to draft jalen simpson especially if he keeps this up but donovan kaufman it sounds like it was a concussion thing i saw somebody talking about that i think it was hoke with on three. Um, and so if that's the case, there's a very realistic chance that he's back on Saturday. You would think two weeks is a long time for that, but you know, head injuries are scary. You certainly want to take your time with that, but with him and then, you know, we'll see what happens with Keontae Scott. I haven't heard a whole lot about Keontae Scott. Maybe you have Lindsay, but just with, when they go base, uh, assuming Donovan Kaufman is back, I'm okay with this. And I also think Nehemiah Pritchett will be back. Just a gut feeling. Could be wrong. Could be wrong the last two weeks. So I don't know. I just feel like eventually he's got to come back. But when you have DJ James, Kay and Lee, and Nehemiah Pritchett at your cornerback spots, and then you've got, if Donovan Kaufman comes back at the nickel, and then Zion Puckett and Jalen Simpson there, like, I'm okay with that. I actually like what we've seen from Champ Anthony so far. He's been fine. He's a solid backup piece. J.D. Rim had probably the best like individual defensive play of the game. I mean, that was a beautiful interception and a beautiful mm-hmm. coverage of a route. So I don't. I still think they're there. If you want to say I'm concerned about the safeties, I'm cool with that because. But still, like I feel okay with Simpson and Puckett 
playing 60 or 70 snaps a game. Like, that doesn't really bother me at all. So, sure, the depth has kind of evaporated a little bit, but it's coming back. I don't think it's a season-long issue. Right. And I think I think they can kind of put it together with duct tape for a week or so when they go to Texas A&M. I, I'm not as concerned about that as you, I don't think. Yeah, and, and, and I think part of that for me is just – you know, worst case scenario, that's a personality type between the two of us. I'm the guy who worries and, you know, and thinks about these things. Uh, everything's going to be okay. Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's You're very much, uh, it'll be fine. It'll be, it'll work itself out. And I'm like, what if this happens though? Uh-huh. But no, like Kay and Lee has been a big surprise. Oh my you know, gosh. He is, he has played so well and has really kind of solidified as far as one, we should keep recruiting like, we should, you know, like that four star was corners. Yeah, we should keep recruiting four star corners. <laughs> That's right. But like Kay and Lee and JD Rim together have been up, like a, I, th- I think, kind of an underrated addition to this defensive backfield. Sure. And should make you one should make you feel good about Auburn going forward. Like mm-hmm. after you ha- you have a very upperclassman heavy defensive backfield, and these guys are going to do well when they take over and are the guys back there. But um. Yeah, it's it's for me. It's more of a depth thing. It's more of a, if you have a guy out because of injury, what happens then? Who's the next guy to stand up, uh, to step up? And I, part of me thinks even if you miss somebody for Texas A and M, you're probably fine for Georgia the week after. And so it's I'm probably o- overthinking it a bit. I'm sure. Yeah, and you know, actually, I want to confirm this, but the player that had the most snaps on defense. Yes, it was Caleb Wooden. And some people were really high on Caleb Wooden's performance. I thought he was fine. I thought like I, I think there were four guys that played better than him in the defensive backfield. That doesn't mean Caleb Wooden was bad. I just think other guys are better than him, but it is what it is. But the fact that they played him so much, I think, is probably telling too. So it was like, is could he be your star position, your nickel, if uh, if guys don't come back? And I think the answer to that is yes. I think- so I think yeah. part of it's that part of it's that he watches a lot of film. And so when you have a weird offense, like you have the air raid, you need a guy who watches a lot of film, has a lot of video. So you can kind of figure out what's going on. All right. So let's, uh, let's kind of talk about injuries still, but on the other side of the football, Auburn's offensive line, uh, they went through it. <laughs> they went through it Saturday night. We'll discuss what that can mean next right here. Unlocked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends. Our great friends at Athletic Brewing Company. We love Athletic Brewing Company because they bring us the Athletic Brewing Company Game Changer of the Week. Let's stay on brand here. Jalen Simpson is our Athletic Brewing Company Player of the Week. Much like Jalen Simpson, Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. And look, Jalen Simpson's changing the game. Three games, three picks. Hot take. I think he makes it four against Texas A&M. I just do. I think he's having that kind of year. But look, Athletic Brewing Company, they've changed the game. They're constantly releasing limited edition experimental styles to add to their variety of non-alcoholic beers. You don't have to worry about the hangovers ever. And look, it tastes good. It's fit fit for all time, so you can drink them anytime, anywhere, and make any activity more enjoyable. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you, or you can buy it online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, LOCKEDON, to get 15% off your order. That's code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer 
Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. Let's- it's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. See Crosby, final few minutes on this Monday edition of the show. As soon as Auburn's probably not their best offensive lineman, maybe their third best offensive lineman, Cam Stutz. It's very clear he's important. When he went down, the push on the interior offensively just dissipated. It was gone. And, you know, there's a lot of people that were concerned about Auburn's fourth and one attempts, short yardage situations. Mm-hmm. Camp Suss is a big part of that. And so losing him is a big deal. And then obviously losing Xavion Miller at tackle was a big deal. You never want to lose any of your tackles. Unfortunately, Auburn's in a situation where they've got a few guys. But uh, I hope we hear more information about that. It looked like an ankle sprain. I am not a doctor, but... A lot of people are saying the same things who are also not doctors. But the fact that he was able to walk off the field made me feel a little bit better than what we initially thought with the Xavion Miller. And so just keeping our eyes on those two dudes, I think is going to be really, really important. Somebody who has notoriously bad ankles. Uh, you can usually walk on an ankle sprain, but it's playing on it's going to be tough. Um <laughs> Okay, so the thing that makes me feel a little bit better, and there is some sample size stuff here, but when you look at the PFF scores from the offense, and you know, shout out to our friends at Auburn Daily for posting that article. Hey, uh, I wrote that. all of the scores. That was oh, me. It was you. Oh, okay. That was okay. me. I shout did out that. to shout out to Zach Blackery. Um, it's it's almost like you can get all of your Auburn football news at auburndaily.com. Um for free. One of the best grading offensive linemen in a small sample, but was Tate Johnson when he came in because of injury, 67.8. And so we've talked a lot in fall camp about how to figure out how to set up the offense, right? Was was Gunnar Britton going to kick inside so you could play somebody at tackle? What are we going to do? You don't love the fact that you have injuries, but the good news is Hugh Freeze has literally done an unprecedented offensive line recruiting transfer portal haul for 2023. And you have more than I last year, we had what two starting quality offensive lineman options. And now we have, you know, we're talking, we were talking about who was going to start of the seven guys that could compete in the sec. So it's a position where you have some depth. If this happened last year, that's probably a disaster. And you can see, like you said, the fourth down conversion or the lack of the non-conversion, mm-hmm. some of the, the the lack of running yards available for the for the running backs. You can see where having those guys in there uh, or not having those guys in there kind of hurt you a bit. Yeah. But you have quality options. And if any of these guys have to miss extended time, you can at least plug in somebody who's talented in there and hopefully they can with a full week of practice build more of that chemistry that they need to be effective on the offensive line. And so even there, I don't love it. Obviously, you never love somebody to be hurt, but I'm less concerned. I think the only place I'd be less concerned about injuries than uh, than offensive line is probably running back at this point, simply because you have so many 
quality options in that room. And it feels weird to say you have quality options for depth at offensive line. But again, Hugh Freeze deserves a ton of credit for what yeah. he's done that to that room in, you know, under 12 months and six months, what he's done to that mm-hmm. room. You mentioned Tay Johnson sample size, 13 snaps. So not crazy there. And then we saw, we saw Jaden Muskrat come in and play a ton of snaps when, um, when Stutz went down. Muskrat and he was played, number three. Yep. He played 48 total snaps. 65.2 grade, uh, number 10 overall offensive player, number three rated offensive lineman behind Tate Johnson. And the number one was Avery Jones with your center with a 71.1. So makes sense. Like the interior of your line was okay. uh, Given the injuries. Yeah. I think if Texas A&M beats Auburn on Saturday, it will be because the Texas A&M defensive line beats the Auburn offensive line. So we're going to be monitoring that. I'm sure Hugh Freeze will be asked that as weekly presser. A little Tiger Talk later this week, and we will give you everything you need to know about all of that. Lindsay, in the meantime, how can people check out everything that you've got going on? I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. That's the hub for everything, whether it's uh, college baseball, operandaily.com, whether it's minor league baseball, locked in movie prospects, or major league baseball, bravestoday.com. Yes, you can find all my written work at auburndaily.com as well, and we will see you tomorrow. This has been... Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. <laughs>